Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to episode 99, can you believe it, of Thrive Deeper. It's your humble host here, DJ Payne. And on this week's episode, we are going through, ready for this, five chapters of the book of Revelation. Five chapters. Chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Now, in that period of time, we're going to be seeing the 144,000, the Lamb, the bold judgments. We get another glimpse into heaven, and then we get this incredible, incredible picture about the whore of Babylon, the great prostitute, and the judgment that comes pouring out of heaven. This is some heavy, heavy stuff as we get ready for the next episode, episode 100. So strap yourselves in, give that, grab that book of Revelation, grab your paper and your pen, and get ready as we go to episode 99 of Thrive Deeper in the book of Revelation. Matt, we're trying something different. We're doing something different now. We are. Yeah. Yeah. But no one else would know that. You are. <laughs> well, you know, I have to say whatever is going on behind the scenes, I've got to say what's actually happening. We're trying something different for the very first time, and I'm freaking out a little bit. Like, oh, the adrenaline is actually pumping. Mm. Usually on the podcast, all the music that you hear and all the edits and everything like that, that all happens afterwards. You know, we mm. sit down and we just have a conversation, and then I take everything away and I go edit it, and yeah. away we go. This time, today, everything that we're doing is live. It's like a live radio show yeah. because I'm getting ready for next next episode, which is live 100. Ah, this is, so this is practice. This is a practice. So yeah. all the music is in the buttons. I'm pressing buttons and, you know, fading stuff and everything is live, live, live. So the pressure's yeah. on. Yeah. No editing on this one, Matt. That's good. Okay. And do you know what else? It's so cold in the studio that I literally, as I breathe, the condensation <laughs> is going out of my mouth and... and uh, you know, you can see it in the air. No, it's on my glasses. You know, it's it's actually fogging up my glasses. Look, we are we are recording this on a incredibly cold, uh, you know, Friday here. You've just come back from a week's worth of holidays, I have, yeah. And I'm about to head off on a week's worth of holidays, yeah. except I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but uh, so we're both in this sort of holiday mode as we get ready yeah. to go into this really serious part of the Book of Revelation. Yeah, uh, heavy stuff today. Well, would I be right to say that this is sort of like the final, um, the final judgment? Like we, are we going to see the final, yeah. final judgment on this? Yes. Yeah, so, what? Uh, this is a good point for some recap. Yeah, that's always good. Uh, the Revel- Book of Revelation is dominated uh, by. Uh, there's a lot of threes in the Book of Revelation. By the way, there's of course the Trinity. Yes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is very much present throughout this book. Um, then you've got the the kind of false trinity, the dragon and the beast and the false prophet. Yes. Which is a kind of mimic uh, of the trinity. Yeah. Um, but the whole book is dominated by uh, a trio of judgments. The Well, there's the a trio of symbols, I should say. There's the seven seals, okay? So yes. That's the, the scroll on the scroll that represents the unfolding of God's plan. Yeah. And, um, and the seven seals get broken. And when the seventh seal gets broken... That 
ushers in seven trumpets, right? Yes. So think, so the, the the plan is now unfurled. So yeah. okay, God's plan, the seals are broken. The plan can now be implemented, right? Yes. Which then you get the trumpets. Now trumpets are like, da-da-da, it's like announcing a battle cry, for yep. example. Yep. Okay. So you get seven trumpets and, and the seven trumpets, as with the seven seals, you get these judgments poured out upon the earth. Okay. Now in the, in the seven seals, you get a quarter of the earth suffers this and suffers that. A little bit more. That's right. And yep. so in the seven trumpets, then you get these, and they're anticipatory sort of uh, judgments, yep. okay, anticipating a greater judgment to come. Mm-hmm. So seven trumpets, you get plague-like, like the uh, ten um, plagues like the ten plagues on Egypt yes. in Exodus. Yes. You get that kind of thing happening, but this time it's on a third of the earth, right? So you get gradual increase. Yeah. So a lot about intensification. Now, when you get to the seventh trumpet, yep. then we get at the seventh trumpet, we get seven bowls. And, and, and this we... is where we are today. So it's the final seven. Yeah. Now, this is this group of seven is like the final intensified judgment, not on a quarter of the earth, not on a third of the earth, but on the whole of the earth. Yeah. And it's like the last chance for human beings to repent, to turn back to God. Yeah. And this is, I mean, and th- these seven bowls are intense. Mm, like, like, yeah. like, like, it's funny, like we've, it's even the pace of it, like the pace of, it's like a machine gun fire. These seven bowls are like boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Like they're not waiting. There's no, and there's these, no interlude. There's exactly. no interludes yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. This is really the the final outpouring. So in 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 the in as as John is writing, John has just given us a um uh, uh you know John John has has been writing in twelve and thirteen about the beast, the antichrist. He's been outlaying all of that. Yeah. And then with uh, as we move into fourteen. We see the lamb and the hundred and forty-four thousand again. We haven't seen them for a That's while. Right. So these are, depending on your interpretation, these are the you know the twelve thousand from each of the tribes. These, it's the um, you know it's God's sealed. Yeah, that's right. Commando squad. You know, this yeah, is the right. the evangelical squad who are out there and they're pure. They are sold out to Jesus and yeah. they are the evangelists in this period. And it's interesting the way that they're described and. On the whole, today we're going to fly over the top of this, yes. which I think is always the best way to get the big picture, but I'm going to dive into some details every now and again. Okay, so they are described in verse 4. These, that is the 144,000, are those who did not defi- defile themselves with women, for they remain virgins. Now, that sounds kind of terrible in one sense. <laughs> like, is there something wrong? Is you know, is, is sex inherently dirty or bad no. or sinful? No, and the answer is no. This is... Um, Probably a reference to again a kind of cultic prostitution. Yes. Now we're going to get this these references to cultic prostitution uh, appearing throughout this in in various points. Yeah. Uh, we're going to hear about the great harlot or the great prostitute, which is a kind of Babylon slash Rome symbol of worldly powers. We're going to meet that uh, soon. Yes. Um, so uh, this is um, this is a symbol that works throughout uh, this book, and the way that these one hundred and forty four thousand are described is that they did not defile themselves um, by um, being seduced by this world system. Basically, yeah. that's yeah. what that means. Yeah, exactly. And even even though I mean, again, this is where we argue about all the all the parts of Revelation, how how um, um, you know literal it is. 
I, I would agree with you in this part. It's probably literal, but the point isn't the literalness of it. Mm. The point is that they are pure. The point is that they are absolutely pure in what they're doing and in their devotion to Christ, devotion to the Lamb. That's right. You know, the se- being sealed, having them. You know, it's the opposite of what the beast is doing. What the Antichrist is doing is with the, yep. you know, the mark of the beast. That's right, seducing the the, the inhabitants of the earth, and that's where yep. that that idea of they did not defile themselves is is kind of referring back to that work yeah. of seduction that's going on and it's always you know it's a, it throughout the old testament the lure of idolatry is often described in that way isn't it it's yeah. like um it's the evil one luring god's people into unfaithfulness to god so that's that's why that picture is uh, used there now it's interesting against the backdrop of the 144,000 faithful yeah we have the three angels coming along and giving the world one last call for oh, repentance. This is uh, in chapter 14 here that we're in. Yeah. The three angels that come forward. This is a phenomenal scene. They're yeah. basically saying, you know, if I can summarize in the in the DJP, you know, translation here, paraphrase, it's like, okay, the entire world you've all wanted God to show up. You know, you've all wanted, you know, why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do that? This is it. This is your yeah. last chance. Get yourself right. Or, and, and immediately, there's no interest. There's no interest in well, this Well, yeah, I mean, it's, in, it's, uh, it's interesting to see the response. And we'll, as we turn over to the next chapter, we'll see as the bowls uh, are poured out, yeah. you know, the question over this is, are the peoples of the earth going to turn back to God? Are they going to repent? Mm. We'll see that in a moment. But the warning is expressed in the most extreme possible terms. Mm. So... Listen to this. The third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives the mark on their forehead or the hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. Now, what's going to happen? We, now, remember, we're working with a cup here yep. and, and we've got bowls, okay? So the symbols are kind of connected. You've got the cup and you've got these bowls. Yes. Uh, so a bowl is like a, you know, well, it's a big version of a cup, really, isn't it? And and that's going to be poured out on the earth. Now, throughout, uh, it, particularly in the prophetic writing, so, for example, in Isaiah, you've got this co- constant anticipation of this great and terrible day of the Lord when finally justice is going to be done on the earth, right? Finally, all the evil of mankind is going to get its just desserts, okay? Which people who lived at the coalface of human existence and suffered the evil, the worst of the evil of this world, anticipated that with joy, like yep. that was a good thing. Yep. They wanted to see final justice coming about. Yep. So, um, and as did the recipients of these revelations, yep. okay? The seven churches, well, the churches church at the time which was heavily persecuted we want to see justice yeah brought okay so um that is described in isaiah in terms that question about when is god going to bring about final justice the figure of the cup is used so yes god is storing up all of their offenses in a cup and one day he's going to make them drink it yeah now you connect that with jesus in the garden of gethsemane he said if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless yeah. I drink it, your will be done. So Jesus drinks the cup, mm. which is why those who have the 144,000 mm. can be given white robes, right? Yeah, yeah. Because He's Jesus a- drank the cup for them. Yes. And now the angel is saying everyone now ha- everyone has the yep. has the opportunity to join the 144,000 in that sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, to actually be forgiven 
complete amnesty yeah. is being offered here. Okay, so the warning goes like this. Uh, it says, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured out full strength into the cup of his wrath. And he's saying, you don't have to, but this is what's coming, okay? Yeah. Unless, you, uh, unless you entrust yourself to Christ. It says here, they will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of holy angels and the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast. Yeah. This is describing sheer literal hell. Yeah. That's and, and again, the background of this is God is pleading with them through these angels, please don't reject my offer because this is all that's left to you. Yeah. And it, 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 it's, ama- it's an amazing scene that 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 middle part of fourteen, where even the, you know heaven is saying, "Blessed are those who die for the Lord now in this time." Yeah. Uh, you know, then we get this um, um, the next amazing scene at the end of fourteen, the harvest. The harvest. Now, just one comment. One comment before we go on to that. Yeah. Notice the contrast where it says, "Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on." Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, in other words, it's better to die in Christ than to live in sin. That's yeah. the idea here. Yeah. Because if you die in sin, judgment's coming and you've got problems. And this is where um, the contrast, it says, yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. Okay, they will rest. Now, it's, it's just said about those who are cast into hell, there will yeah. be no rest yeah. Day or night for those who worship the beast. Yeah. So there's this contrast of a state of rest and a state of no rest. And this is again, this is part of the book of Revelation that we keep talking about. This is the final, like the whole world is moving towards as as a theme that we have talked about many times, polarization. This is the ultimate end yeah, of the This polar- is the ultimate. The ultimate, ultimate end. We've moment got, of polarization. We've got hundred percent light on this side, hundred percent dark yep. on that side, and this is what is being presented. And contrasting worship. You've got the yes. worship of God and you've got the worship of beasts. You've got no rest here, you've yep. got complete rest here. You yeah, you've got the hundred and forty four thousand, you've got the mark of the beast, that's right. you've yep. got the you know yep. the, the unholy trinity, the holy trinity, yep, you know, that's heaven. Right. And then and, and then, then the harvest. And then the harvest. And this is this is so amazing. All those parables of Jesus. The, the you know different um, prophecies yep. that were talking about a harvest sickles you know the yep. weeds the wheat and the tears all of it it's like go yep now go, go. And, uh, and and the angels that come out that are responsible for these different things are phenomenal the angel that is um, has the power of fire there's an angel that yep. has the power of fire that's right and and it coming out of heaven we see I mean I'd tell me if I'm wrong here the symbology that I got from that is not only obviously fire being judgment, but there's the fire in heaven is the picture of the incense. Is a picture like we've seen that yep. incense. Yep, that's it's right. the yep. prayers of the martyrs. It's the yeah, that's prayers right. of all of God's holy people yeah. to say, we want justice. And then God says, Right, harvest time, angels go yep. and they and they bring justice. That's right. And they go throughout the land. And we, re- we recall Jesus, as you uh, referred to, Jesus' parable of the weeds and the wheat. Yeah. Don't pull up the weeds now. Let them grow to fruition. And what yeah. we've seen is that we see both the wheat. I mean, Jesus is predicting the great polarization, isn't he? Yeah. So both the wheat and the weeds yeah. come to full fruition. Yeah. So again, a lot of people ask in the future, are things going to get worse or are they going to get better? And the answer is both yes. together, right? There's going to be great polarization. Is yeah. the church going to win or is the church going to lose? No, the church is going to, the church will prevail. Yeah. Okay. But um, uh, as it, as the, in that sense, the kingdom of God will come to full fruition yes. in this age. The church will prevail, as Jesus said. The gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Yeah. 
So that will happen, but the brighter the light, the darker the shadows. So as the wheat, as the wheat comes to full fruition, yeah. so do the weeds come to full fruition. Now we've seen that in the beast uh, and so forth. And, so, and, and if you were looking on in this time, which John is, we're sort of getting the view of John here, but if you're on the world at this time, it would look like to a lot of people that the, you know, that the world is winning. It does, yes. You know, so, the Antichrist is winning. He is controlling right. the world. These Christians are getting martyred left, right and centre. Those who are following Jesus, they're getting killed. We find out they're getting beheaded yeah. later on. Uh, and it's like, wait, yeah. wait, you know. So and here's why now. Yeah. Because in a sense, God is saying, okay, weeds, yep, grow nice and high so we can see you nice and clearly. Yeah. Now, harvesters, <laughs> go and cut it all down. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so we, we've seen the weeds really come to fruition, but... What has it done? It's made the weeds really obvious. It's brought it all out into the open. And God bringing um, evil out into the open always precedes judgment. Yeah. It's, what if, it's, it's what happens in our lives. Yes. If, God wants to, if God wants to bring or destroy something false in our lives, the yeah. first thing what he'll do is bring it out into the open. Yeah. Yeah. If we will allow him to do that, if we will allow the worst in us to come to the surface, be seen and be put on the altar of sacrifice to be burnt up, as it were, Yeah, that's what God will do and that's what we see uh, him doing here in this great harvest. So we get the, we get the sickle, we get the harvest, we get the, the wine press, we get all of that. And then we have a, you know, in chapter 15, we go into the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Yep. And this is, you know, you know, you being the psalmist, you being the man, the, <laughs> you know, the songbooks, you know, of the Bible, uh, we get we get the song of Moses, which is one of the first songs that we've got mm. recorded in the Bible. Is yeah. now one of the final songs. That's we have beautiful, in the Bible. isn't it? Yeah, beautiful symmetry here in the in the book of uh, Revelation. So, you know, that first final battle. Uh, you know, the first song of Moses uh, of Miriam and Moses celebrates the destruction of the Egyptians. And remember, we've had Exodus. Uh, symbolism throughout this and it's referred to back here so this yeah. is it's the same kind of victory mm. but it's now a universal victory mm. it's like the exodus victory but in a universal sense yeah. so this then um uh, and it alludes here uh, after this i looked in verse 5 of chapter 15 yeah uh, he says i looked and i saw in heaven the temple that is the tabernacle of the covenant law um, so remember that the law comes with blessings and curses yes and i think that's important point here so what you're getting here is the final blessings and final curses are going to be meted out right yep. here okay yep. and that and and the curses come in the form of these bowls okay so you've got these angels and they're carrying seven bowls filled with the wrath of god and and, and they emerge out of tell again tell me tell me if i'm wrong here i mean we get the picture that god's you know, the picture that we've seen throughout Scripture is that God's holy of holies, yeah. his presence is in the center of the tabernacle, yeah. right, in the center of the temple. Now we are in heaven, in the center of where God lives in heaven, yeah. where he resides in heaven. Yeah. In the heart of that, at the beginning of 15, it is thrown open. It is thrown yeah. open and out of the very heart of God comes these seven angels. Yeah. with the seven, And this is, this is a big thing that I've had a revelation reading through this, is that God, man, we... we we do God a disservice and make him into this weak, passive mm. Santa Claus in the yeah. sky. And no, his heart is a heart of justice yeah. 
and uh, and judgment and not and again we don't even like using these words because it's like oh hang on God's love and he loves it and it's like yes he is but you can't have a loving God without having a God who is going to bring down the yeah. world system. Yeah. Well, I, I think of the words of Psalm 45, you know, you have loved righteousness and hated evil. Oh. And it, it says that about this messianic king. And that is just such a, again, speaking, using the idea of polarization, you know, God loves what is good. Yeah. He loves those who are his, but he hates what is evil. And you get that polarization here. And so what we encounter here is the sternness of God in that sense. Oh. We, we, we encounter... Uh, we encounter the anger of God, and anger, yeah. of course, is uh, is an accompanying um, accompaniment to the fact that God is good and mm. that God is just mm. and that God is righteous. Yeah. Okay, you can't be good, just, and righteous and not feel anger at evil. Yeah, um, and that's what we have here. We see, uh, I guess, the the fullness of God's anger against evil being expressed, being poured out. Because remember, it's depicted as being stored up in the cup or the yeah, bowl right yeah. now it's going to be so but still the thing about the bowls is still this is not yet final uh this is not yet um in a sense punishment as such this is this is judgment still in order to turn people around yes okay it's like god saying i want you to realize how serious this is yeah because one, a big a big problem of course is yeah it's not yeah it's not Whatever. that serious it's what yeah. Yeah, it's what you know no no this is we're dealing here with issues of eternal, infinite gravity, yeah. and God is saying, "You need to understand. I'm going to. I will literally burn up the face of this earth yes. to make you see yeah. how serious this problem actually is." It's, 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 Turn back to me, and and, and we also we also I've, I felt like reading through fifteen and sixteen, I get a, I got a sense <clears> of <throat> the heart of God, because. You know, and it's easy to sort of miss this. And Matt, tell me if I'm wrong here. I might be. I might be treading out into DJ land here. Mm. Um, it says, and this is the mystery of what this tabernacle and temple or whatever it is in heaven, you know, type of thing, and that people can come and go within it in heaven. And it says that while the seven angels are doing their thing, no one's allowed into the tabernacle in heaven. Mm. Like it's like something's going. You do not enter in. <laughs> yeah. right? this is God's judgment coming out. You can't go back. You can't go in yeah. there, right? And then. These final, you know, the final bowls, like we've already said, they happen, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. No interludes, no mucking around. And I'm like, man, he's letting this happen quick. Maybe this is quick because he doesn't want to dwell in this no. mode. You know That's what I mean? Right. This, yeah. this stern judgment mode is not pleasant to anyone, including God. So let's get That's it over right. and done That's with. right. This isn't, this isn't what God ultimately wants. Yeah. But the, the idea here is that God is going to do whatever it takes. Mm. He is going to, you know, Cut open the body, as it were, to get the infection. It's yeah. like I'm going to. It's drastic measures to save uh, the, those who are perishing. Mm. You know, and so th- this is what's happening here. It's this final, intense thrust of judgment to turn people around, which brings us then to chapter 16, yeah. uh, where we have the outpouring of these bowls, and here we have um, again a lot of Exodus. Kind of oh, big symbolism, and it's funny. Yeah. It's funny how I mean, you've, we've already had that 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 um, you know, like you said, this is capstoning everything, the lot of Exodus and everything. But we've just had this song of Moses, yeah, in yeah. the back of yeah, our mind. Right. You know, we've got that echo of that, and all of a sudden we have the plagues pouring out again. Yeah. But this is like the plagues of Egypt turn up to infinity. Yeah. Well, ev- everything's connected, and we've said that we've made that point about biblical prophecy, biblical events. You know. 
uh, anything that God does always anticipates what God is going to do. Yeah. Whatever whatever God has done yes. anticipates what God wants to do now, and what God does now anticipates what, what God wants to do in the future. Yes. So past, present, and future are connected in a really profound way in the in the acts of God. Mm. They're not just, oh yeah, that happened in the past. No, if it happened in the past, yeah. then it's prophetic for what will happen now. Yeah. And if it's happening now, it's prophetic for what's going to happen in the future. Wow. Right? So that's yeah. the way things work. So that's where you get this the Exodus kind of symbolism brought back here. This happened in the past, but now this is going to happen, as I said, in a universal sense. One note that I happen to note as I'm reading through these <clears throat> fi- these final chapters here, 16, 17, and 18, is these, these bowl judgments, what happens... It, the difference that I found, you know, when we read through Exodus, and that wasn't that long ago when we were going through them, is that it obviously refers, like, there's not a as the first one, like every judgment is is going at the same time. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it, it's like they're happening sequentially. Yeah. You know, we get a thing, but they're all happening together. Like yeah, that's the people, right. Yeah. Because you read later that they've still got the sores. Yeah. You know, from the right. first yeah. one, they're still in darkness. Yeah. Later on, they're still, you know, they're still going through yeah. through this horrible so, judgment. Yeah. So to run through them, you've got, yeah. you know, festering sores. So again, um, you know, you get this same thing happening in Exodus. Everyone, who, but again, to everyone who's taken the mark of the beast. That's right. It's all on, upon those who have taken the mark of the beast. Yeah. So that's important to um, to recognize that these judgments are upon them. Yes. Okay? Um, secondly, uh, it's poured out the bowl on the sea. It turned like turned to blood. Again, Exodus symbolism. Sea. To, well, the Nile was turned to blood. Yeah. Then. The third angel then pour, pours out upon the rivers and the springs. So now everything again is turned to blood. And not and not just everything turned to blood in the water. It makes a point of saying everything that lives in the water is yeah, dead. That's right. So there's this sense in which the world. Is literally bleeding to death here. Yeah, yeah. That's you know this is like the last throws, you know, and then you get this song again. You get throughout this book, you have these songs. Yeah, and they're not saying, "Oh no, this is terrible. What's happening?" No, what does it say? The song here: "You are just in these judgments, O Holy One. Yeah. You who are and who were, for they have shed the blood of your holy people, your prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve." Wow. So he's literally bathing them in the in the very blood that they shed. So, yeah. um, and it's being celebrated in heaven. Yeah, I mean, so this is final justice. This isn't them thinking, "Oh, gee, how could God do such terrible things?" Yeah, the people who are reading this for the first time are longing for God to bring final justice. They've seen they've seen their friends, their family. They've seen people tortured and executed. Yeah, in the persecutions. Yeah, and we get notes of that. <clears throat> You get yep. these breakthroughs of that in these couple of chapters. <clears throat> it's almost like Jesus speaking through John to all of us throughout history, to John's readers and to now today saying, yep. hold fast. Yeah. This is going to happen. Yeah. Keep going. Keep That's going. Right. You can do it. Yeah. You know, even if you die in my name, this is all for a reason. Yeah, you, know, keep, right. you know, keep going. So when we get to the fourth uh, and the fifth, um, you get this pattern here. So the fourth angel pours out his bowl in the sun uh, and was allowed to scorch people oh. with fire. Mm. You know, is this some kind of solar flare or something? I mean, uh, you yeah. know. Um, and then it says here that they cursed the name of God. So the question over this, are they going to repent? Now, in a sense, this again is very much like the Exodus when God brought the judgment. Yep. And, and the first five... 
if you recall, it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. But then the last five, it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So in other words, the hardness of heart was there, Mm -hmm. but God just wanted to, he was compounding it to bring it to the surface. You know what I mean? It's the principle to those who have more will be given to those who not have even what they have will be taken away. Mm. Okay. So what's happening here is that, you know, God is in a sense through these judgments, he is vindicating this very judgment that he's bringing. He's vindicating the kind of justice that he's about to bring on the earth. Lest anyone say, oh, yeah. no, but they don't, do, they, yeah. they, yeah. they didn't mean it. They didn't get a chance. It yeah, wasn't or something. Someone, someone didn't, yeah, yeah like, or whatever. What happened? Yeah. So, no, as, as the fourth angel comes, they curse the name of God mm. who had control of them, but they, re, uh, and they refuse to repent and glorify him. That's verse nine, okay? Yeah. Then the fifth angel comes, pours out his bowl, kingdoms pl- plunged into darkness. So we've, mm. now we've still got uh, Exodus um, motifs here. It says, people gnawed at their tongues in agony. So what, what sort of darkness is this? Well, it's probably, it's, you know, the kind of darkness that Jesus spoke to when he talked about people being cast out mm. into, into this kind of hellish style darkness that's not just the absence of light, but uh, a, a darkness that causes people, as Jesus says in Matthew 22, verse 13, says here um, in one of the parables, then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oof. So it's, it's, uh, it's, as it were, in the darkness of your own guilt, being left in the darkness of your own guilt to torment you, as it were. And quite literally in the pains of their sores from that first judgment yep. is still upon them. Yeah, that's so right. So you're yep. in darkness with no water, no nothing, in pain, cursing God. Yeah, it's, it's a, look, it's a, it's a, a d- dark. Yes. It's a dark and terrible picture. Yeah. But remember, this is all in the context of God saying, "Please, yeah, turn around and it's turn hap- back to me." And That's all you have to do. And it's happening speedily. And it's happening far. Like it's not lingering. This. Yep. This is the other thing that I get in the sense of six in chapter sixteen. It's happening <clears> quick. <throat> to, to let's let's wrap it up before we take a yep. break here. These these the seven angels. And again, here. it says here. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they refuse to repent. Pen. You know, curse God, refuse to repent. Yep. And then we get the sixth angel. Oh man. Now this one, this is this is horror. This is straight out of a horror movie. You have the Great Euphrates River is is dried up, the kings from all over the place could march around, and three evil spirits like frogs, again, from from Egypt from yeah. Egypt, coming forward. And these are miracle working demons yeah. that come forth out of the false prophet, the Antichrist, yeah. and the beast. Yeah. Holy moly! And it's interesting that they that the that to let them in, as it were, the waters are dried up. Now, you know, the, of course, the waters dried up to let the Israelites through the sea. The waters dried up to let the people cross over to over into the Jordan. Yeah. So it's it's a um, and I mean the Euphrates as well was the sort of northernmost border. Yes. Of the promised land. Yes. Um, there's a few, there's a there's a few things that this is you know referring to yeah, in a sense. Time. I mean, famously the Euph- that um, Cyrus the Great actually diverted the Euphrates so he could get into Babylon without a fight. Yeah, he diverted the Euphrates so that the river dried up and he got in under the walls. Yeah, it's a very famous story. Mm. But so in, in what in some sense, God is allowing opening up the doors yeah. for all of these demonic powers to come into the world and to just do their worst so yeah. that people realise what actually they are in the hands of. Exactly. 
Exactly. So this is so this is it. You know, we get we get a side note here from Jesus himself saying, "Take note, I'll come unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all those who are watching for me, who keep their robes ready, so they will not need to walk naked and ashamed." And they gathered all the rulers in in Armageddon, all the kings. All the people of the earth have gathered together in this dry thing underneath the watch of these miracle-working demons, the Antichrist and everything. And they gather together in a place called Armageddon. And the seventh angel then. That's right. Then it's time for the seventh, the final angel to pour out his bowl. Holy moly. So so we're poised here, aren't we? We're we're poised for the final stroke, right? That's it. And you've got all of of these anti-God forces at at Armageddon. Yeah. You know, they're poised. Yeah. This is the last great battle is about to take place. Yeah. The seventh angel is about to pour his bowl. What a perfect place to take a quick break. We're going to come back into chapter 16, 17, and 18 of the book of Revelation. You with Thrive Deeper, episode 99, with DJ and Matt here. Family, DJ here interrupting a a very exciting episode here as we get through the book of Revelation. But I want to let you know about Thrive Deeper episode 100. It's happening. It's our next episode. Can you believe it? Episode 100. Well, mark your calendars. It's all happening on Thursday night, July 23rd. Thursday night, July 23rd. That's the live video of Matthew and I going through episode 100. And we want your questions. So please head over to the website thrivetoday.tv. Thrivetoday.tv. You head over there, you will get, uh, you'll see the question form there. You can send us a question, send us a note, and just make a note. This is for episode 100. I've got a question about the book of Revelation. And if you've got a question about chapters 19, 20, 21, 22, that final part of the book of Revelation, we would love to have your questions for episode 100 that we're doing live Thursday night, July 23rd. Now, I'm going to run through these really quickly. We're going to do this around about 8 o'clock Geelong, Australian Eastern Time. All right. So if you're on the East Coast of Australia, it's going to be around about 8 o'clock on uh, July 23rd, a Thursday night. If you're in Perth, it's at 6 p.m. If you're in New Zealand, it's 10 p.m. If you're over in the States, in California, it's happening very early in the morning. California on the West Coast there, 3 a.m. Texas in the middle there, 5 a.m. New York at 6 a.m. If you're over in South Africa, it's at happening at noon. And lastly, I had to put these two down. If you're in Jerusalem or Moscow, it's in 1 p.m. on that on that Thursday there. So there's all the dates and times that will be happening live there. Look, the episode will come out normally again on the following Friday. But uh, I want you to be involved there. Please send us your questions for Thrive Deeper Episode 100 about the book of Revelation. We would love to have them. All right, now let's get back into the book of Revelation now with Matthew Jacoby on Thrive Deeper. And we're back. Matthew, so far... Our live podcast experiment is going pretty good. 
I hope no one's scared at this stage. <laughs> we might have frightened all of our with, listeners away. With the last the last yeah. uh, bowl coming out there. But this is it, the seventh bowl. Um take us take us through. We've just we've just built it up. Every the, all the armies of the world are coming together against yeah. Christ, That's against right. the Lamb. And God's people are in heaven praising God for everything that's happened. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and there's a you know there's this protection over God's people and um, this uh, this rejoicing of God's people through this. So I know this is dark mm. and um, and there's a lot of terrible things going on here. Yeah. But this is our moment of polarization, isn't it? So we get to the seventh bowl is poured out and. Out of the temple comes this loud voice saying, "It is done." Now, Whoa! That's right. Where now, we, hang on, where have we heard that before? That's right. Yeah, where exactly. have we heard that before? You know, and that's I think that's important. Yeah. Well, we've heard that before, haven't we? On the cross, Jesus yeah. said on the cross, "It is finished." So actually, He took this judgment for whoever would trust in Him. Yeah. So, you know, there's this sense of you know we can connect with that, or we connected with this. Either we can have our judgment done and eradicated, that is our, you know, our penalty for our guilt, done, eradicated, judged fully on the cross in Jesus yeah. Christ. We can trust in him for that or we're left with this. And so the angel announces, okay, it's done. This is it. The opportunities are over now. Mm. All opportunities are over. I mean, what a, what a chilling moment if, if you... Up to this point, yeah. if you have not actually made the decision of a lifetime, yeah. of an eternity, and yeah. actually trusted uh, in God's solution mm. for our guilt, well, this is the this is the moment. So what we see here, there's this there's lightning and thunder and this great earthquake and the great city. I mean, uh, it's it's probably a few things blended together, but you know, probably it's like this Babylon Rome kind of uh, figure here that yeah. is being split in three parts it's going to be destroyed every island flees away in the mountains could not be yeah. found this these this is standard kind of language for the absolute upheaval of all worldly powers yeah now. it's but, all, but all caving in but there's also a sense i mean there's a very real sense because i mean you know this i, I believe that there's a there's a very practical sense to this as well it's like it's like god is undoing the foundations of the world this is yeah. this is like in the final judgment it's almost step one of him recreating yeah. the world like i'm Good breaking point. it all up i'm smashing it all down i'm ready to recreate That's the entire right. world this is demolition yeah. right here yeah so this is okay leave the house and you know in the next chapter in, in the next where are we now we're in chapter Six, 16. 16 so in chapter 18 he's going to say come out of her come out of her yeah. he's going to say that repeat a couple of times and this is why, because demolition is happening, okay? So get out of the house because mm. I'm demolishing the house. So don't get too connected to the house because God is demolished. That is the house of this worldly system because God's demolishing it. And what you see, exactly, this is stage one yes. of redemption. The, the new this, thing. Uh, of the, the redemption final, of yes. the new heavens and the new earth. This is stage one, yeah. demolition. Earthquakes like they've never seen, the flattening of everything here. And not only that... Uh, depending on, on on you know what research you do and translations and everything that you read, roughly thirty plus heavy thirty kilogram plus hailstones. Well, I, I had forty five kilograms wow, okay. based on my. So that that's forty five centimeter yeah. diameter. Yeah. Like that's bigger than a basketball. Yeah, and the, and and the weight of them being you know third you know thirty forty kilograms coming down and just destroying out of the sky. everything. And as this is happening. 
It says in the last verse there, and they cursed God yeah. on account of the plague of hail. The plague was so. So even yeah. as God is saying, okay, it is done, and they are using their last breath, as yeah. it were, rather than you know calling on the name of the Lord, because whoever calls on the name of the Lord will yeah. be saved, rather than calling on the name of the Lord with their last breath, what are they doing? They're cursing God yeah. with their very last breath so uh, this it, is now, now the catastrophic last, the, the last two as we wrap up this episode in this last half here we've got chapters 17 and 18 yep. to get through now uh, 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 tell me if I'm wrong here Matt and this is you know, there's a few different ways to look at this. I mean, we're basically looking at the great prostitute, the fall of Babylon here. Yeah. This is what the, what's happening over these next two chapters. Now, is this like, there's many times in Scripture where even right at the book of the beginnings, Genesis, and we're here at the book of the ends, yeah. where God will outlay an entire story, say, this is what happened, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And the next chapter, it's like, okay, now let's zoom in yeah. and see what's happening at this particular character here. Yeah. I've always felt like chapter 16 is like a rapid fire. This is what's happening over the, over the entire world. Yeah. Chapter 17 and 18, let's zoom in and see what's happening at this preci- in this precise area here. Yeah. Or yeah, am I well, wrong? Yeah, well, or who knows? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's the. I think this is saying a similar thing from a couple of different directions, and that's sort of what I mean. In, it's, yeah, yeah. It's sort of sort of like in Genesis, you know, you the first few chapters of Genesis, and we get the same story told. Yeah, yeah. The creation first of couple of chapters. Yeah, that's right. In in a, in, a, in a couple of different ways, yeah. even with the Gospels, certain stories are told from different angles. Yeah, so and different, that may be happening here. Yeah, and I and I and I got a feeling like when that angel grabs John and says, "All right, come here with me. I need to show you something in particular." He's going to zoom right in into this. Yeah, Babylonian right. thing. Yeah, so and so Babylon becomes the kind of symbol of the world system, and it's Babylon slash Rome because Rome is is kind of this yeah. kind of inherits the same kind of um, aura as Babylon did. Now, the, the, Babylon is significant, of course, because the people of Israel went into exile in Babylon. Yeah. Okay. In in uh, five sort of around 600 yep. uh, and, and in the years after the decade or so after 600 BC, yep. the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem and took the people and they were there for 70 years from the time of when Daniel went. They were there for 70 years. And so that from that time on becomes this this symbol of like we, we are captives in a foreign land and it's used in the New Testament yes. that God's people are essentially like captives in a foreign land. And what you've got to do is what the exiles do and you've got to keep your faith, Right. Now, this is important symbolism because at one point he's going to say, come out of her. Yeah. Right? Leave. Yeah. And um, like the call, you know, to, to leave and go back to the promised land. And so there's a promised land, the ultimate promised land about to be ushered in here. Okay. Yeah. So you've got this kind of symbolism here of God's people pictured like they're in Babylon. Okay. And they're about to get called into the promised land, the ultimate promised land, a new heavens and the new earth. Okay. So... I mean, one of the things about the original Babylon when the when the Jewish people went in exile is that there was the danger of them assimilating because it was such a luxurious, technologically advanced, it was such a, a, a place of wonders. Mm. You know, hanging gardens of Babylon and the great ziggurat and all of this stuff. It, it, was, it was a place of great wonders and it, it threatened to draw them in uh, their, their faith was always threatened, you know, yeah. because of course, and that was the idea behind exile, is that you would take this problematic people group who kept rebelling, bring them into exile, and in the hope that they would assimilate, just yeah. become Babylonians, right? Yeah. 
So that's the kind of imagery that's at the backdrop here. And so this is why, because of that seductive kind of theme there, you know, we want, we want you to assimilate, become, come into us. That's why Babylon or the world system here, and I think sort of Babylon slash Rome. Yep. Remember, um, so, you know, John is living under the Roman Empire. Yes. Okay, and, and it's being referred to here as a kind of a new Babylon. Yep, completely. But it's not just talking about Rome, of course. It's talking about the world system. Yeah. Because that's as much of the world as they knew in these times. But even John and the readers, and even the, you know, since this book has been written in the last 2,000 years of the church coming to this book, we have understood it in, in light of this is, this, like literally, these two chapters is the ultimate prophecy. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, ul- right. like, the ultimate prophecy. It is combining it is finishing off daniel's yeah. prophecy about the kings the statues that Daniel yeah, saw. that's right yeah. you know this is fulfilling and, it, and it's openly it's openly you know quoting ezekiel it's quoting isaiah it's quite john is 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 bringing all of it to a head in amazingly with this final showdown between god's way yeah and and satan slash the world's way which is represented by this city of Babylon, this great empire, a king, the beastly system, and this personification in, as a great prostitute. Yeah, that's right. And and the idea here, and again, the link is there between cultic prostitution yeah. and the idea of Babylon luring God's people into, you know, uh, that's why it's described as, as the great prostitute. And so so the, the, the great prostitute here is the... Is, Kind of uh, alludes to the religious system that wants to draw, yeah. draw God's people into itself. So, um, so, so before we get into it, uh, and the luxuries of, are described, of, you know, oh, and unbelievable. How, how luring it actually is. Yes, it's it's really luring. I know it's tempting, yeah. but hold on. You know, it's like don't hold on to your faith. Don't don't give in. That's the that's exhortation. The here. That's yeah. the theme. Seventeen and eighteen. We've got the great prostitute and the fall of Babylon. Now, throughout history. Every Christian has read this and gone, you know, this is the age that I'm living in. Mm. It's this country. It's this country. It's this king. It's Mm. this emperor. It's this system. It's that system. It's this particular political whatever, okay? Now, in light of that, the questions that are coming out is, hang on, is this the USA? Is this China? Is this... You know, some sort of monetary system that we live in, live in, under. Is this some sort of, uh, the, is this the Roman Catholic Church? Is this, you know, a lot of mm. a lot of people, a lot a lot of people listening right here have, have either, either sat under teaching that have, have 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 said that, or they're reading it for themselves, or they've brought up into it, or they've heard voices around that. What say ye, O well, Matthew Jacobus? Well, ye says, <laughs> um, I don't know really, yeah. and, and I think that's the why. I mean. I think what what we need to know is that you know Paul talks about the power of lawlessness is at work in the world even now. Okay, amen. But it's going to come to a head, mm. which is which is why it's really important for us not to get too connected. It's like we need to be in the world, but really not of it. We need to see ourselves as citizens of a different world, amen. A world to come. Okay, yeah. so um, uh, citizens of heaven, right? So, uh, but the power is at work now in the world. Now in John's time, and I mean. He saw that at work within the uh, the Roman Empire and emperor worship and the Roman cult and how Christians were being forced, you know, at the risk of their lives, at the, you know, at, yeah. at the point of the sword, not risk, but yeah. at the point of the sword to, you know, worship the Roman gods. So 
in verse 9, you know, it says, this calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are the seven hills on which the woman heads, on which the woman sits. This is the seven heads are describing the beast, okay? Yeah. Yep. So, okay, seven hills, you're thinking that's probably Rome. It was yep. well known that Rome is built on seven hills. But see, here's the thing. Rome is really becomes a symbol or a type of this kind of thing. Yeah. In the same way that Nero... 666, if we interpret 666 as Caesar Nero, mm-hmm. if you follow um, the biblical numerology that the writer is most probably working with there, um, or not biblical, but a mm. very common practice of numerology, um, it's gonna, and it's going to talk about actually, because it says um, here, and I might just read through this and comment. This is where I'll just zoom in for a moment. Yeah. Okay. So the seven heads of the seven hills. On You're which in the chapter 17. Yeah. Verse 9. Okay. Okay. Seven hills, okay, so that's Rome, but Rome is a type of something bigger, okay, something. Uh, There are also seven kings, five have fallen, okay, one is, okay, so that's probably the the one that he's living under, maybe Domitian, probably, who persecuted the Christians, and the other has not yet come, okay, so... Um, this is like the final Antichrist. And it's also definitely a reflection of Daniel's vision yeah, that's of, right. of the worldly systems that we're coming through. Yeah, exactly, that's right. But when he does come, he must remain only for a little while. The beast who, who once was, now is not, <laughs> is an eighth king. Okay. Now he, he's going to, he once was, now is not, but it says that he's going to uh, come back. Mm. Um, this is this, perhaps... He's talking about one like Nero, like Nero kind of was. Yeah. Okay, now he's gone, but he's going to come back. Or um, it, it could it be could talking about the fact that the beast uh, is destroyed. Fatally wounded. Fatally wounded. Dies and comes back. Comes back to life. You know, yeah. There's a few, I think there's probably a few things going on there, but that's, yes. that's what that's referring to. Mm. Um, so, and then he talks about the ten kings, okay? The ten horns on the beast are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. Okay, so this is your ten kings. Now, as long as I've been a Christian, oh. I think from the moment I became a Christian, I've well, heard speculation well, about who these ten well, kings obviously, are. Well, obviously, we're here to say that it's the European Union and uh, they are the ten... No, obviously, <laughs> no, like, look, of course not. It's, Everyone's uh, looking out for the ten... You know, yeah. who are these ten rulers? Ten rulers who are going to be here, the ten kings. And again, I've heard so same thing. Seven hills, ten hills, ten kings. This, uh, yep. what does it mean? The symbology. I've heard so many different. You can I've, see, you can see why uh, it was so attractive to people in the time of the Reformation uh, to see this as the Catholic Church. Oh, hundred. The Holy Roman Empire. Okay, I mean, you could you could see it. Like you had the Holy Roman Empire. Yes, which was endorsed by the Roman Catholic Church. So the seven hills thing. You know, I mean, and and the luxury yes. and the. The money, and, and, and the it, wealth and for them, you know, it had become idolatrous, and, yes. you, and you know, they, they, and even some of the con- confessions even name the Pope as the Antichrist, you yeah. know, because he sets himself up as as a Christ-like figure. I mean, I can see uh, why they why they thought that. I mean, mm. that's a very polarized view. I don't think, yeah. you know, I think uh, maybe um, for any Catholics listening, I mean, 
um, that's just the way that they saw it then. Yes. I think there are lots, there's lots of great stuff going on in the Catholic Church, and I want to discount that, but that's just the way that the Reformers saw it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and, that, and, that, and that's the same point of me saying about the European Union. I mean, I grew up yeah. in, in, you know, in a time when the European Union became a thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the prophecy buffs and prophecy magazines were counting different places, and then, you know, European has, the European has 10 nations. Well, there it is. That's right. Oh, hang on, it's got 12 nations. Oh, no, we're all upset. Maybe it's the yep. UN. Maybe it's like there's so many yep. different things so, that have been said. So we don't know, but what, what it does say is that they will wage war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will triumph over them. Okay? Amen. Now, the next bit is really interesting because basically, and, and I'll just read what this says here. It mm. says, The beast and the ten horns uh, you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. This is because remember that like the the great prostitute is this kind of religious system. It's you know stands for Babylon, the great you yeah. know this worldly system. But actually, the beast and Satan are not a friend to anyone in the world. Yeah. Ultimately, you know it's like the world, the people of the earth follow them, but in the end, Even they, they are destroyed by them. Yeah. You yeah. know. So this is this is evil eating up itself mm. here. It's mm. like evil imploding on itself. No, not actually, even more than that. Uh, actually, uh, you know, it's like the dragon and the beast. It's, it's the the evil empire. Satan is devouring those who follow him here, leaving, you know, leaving them, uh, as it says here, ruined, yeah. naked. You know, that's where this ends for yeah. them. Yeah. It's amazing, and then and then we get it even more uh, outlaid, and again more prophecy, uh, literally quoted and repeated here in chapter eighteen. Yeah. And we do, and we start off chapter eighteen like you say, uh, you know, have an angel coming down from heaven with great authority. So yeah. this is, I mean, we've seen angel after angel after, I and mean, we've seen multitudes of angels so yeah. far, but this one is someone even. Greater authority here yep. coming out, out 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 of heaven, and I when I when this this sort of flashed out to me because I've really been thinking about in you know envisioning how this is going, and I'm thinking right part of this bowl is they are in darkness. The people of the world are in darkness. Yeah, you know they've had these 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 are the plagues that they're under from the seven bowls, and all of a sudden the thing that breaks the darkness here. For me, when I read it, chapter eighteen is this angel coming down mm. with who is bright, like yeah, this light right. finally, you know, lines everything thing up. He has great authority and he shouts, "Babylon is fallen! The great city that's is right. fallen!" And so, you, you, so you notice all of this is happening, and you mentioned that all of the angels constantly delivering this. They are the messengers from heaven. Yeah, this is. God controlling everything from his heavenly throne room and sending the angels one by one to do his bidding. And and it's an absolute sure thing. Mm. And so you get this proclamation here in chapter 18. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. Okay, She has become a dwelling for demons. And ultimately, those demons destroy her. Yeah. Okay. So they follow these demonic forces, but mm. are then destroyed by these demonic forces. That's and, what is pictured here. And even and, and even though we're in the la- in the middle of the last judgment, there is still that merciful heart of God. The vo- like, not yeah. He doesn't send an angel for this yeah. part. This is coming straight from heaven to earth. God says, "Come out of yeah. her." Yeah. You know, please do not partake in her sins. I'm about to. I, God is about to have His say now, yeah. and He's saying one final time, please. Come out. Yeah, that's right. You know, you know. Let, let and me. so this is the, the uh, as 
as you know, Babylon's doom is being announced, yeah. this call to come out, again, as I said before, is very much like the edict of Cyrus. Yeah. Come out. You, you, you're always strangers and aliens in a yes. foreign land, you know, and, and now's the time to come out. So, mm. again, you get, this, you get this theme, come out, my people, so that you will not share in her sins. So this is, this is not, I mean, ultimately it is a literal come out and, and they're going to move into, um, you know, into a new heavens and a new earth. But this has also come out of her in, in the spiritual sense. Yeah. You know, get, uh, like, come out from under that authority that ultimate spiritual authority and come under the authority of the lamb. You mm. know, this, it's that kind of come out yeah. from that. So I think there's a sense in which uh, there's a, God is saying this to us now. Oh. Come out of it. And this doesn't mean that we go out into the wilderness and form communes and, and be have a, no be participation in, no. in, you know, and form monasteries. And though Christians have done that. Yes. Uh, in response to these kinds of things, come yes. out, come out of the world. Uh, so we'll go out into the desert and live in caves and and form monasteries. Now, look, lots of great people did that, and there was they, they had purpose in doing that. A lot of those people actually came back, and uh, came back after a time. And uh, and the, this is the point: is that we do need to be in the world, but in a very important spiritual sense, we have to come out from under the covering, under the influence. Yeah. Of of the world system, and and it, it, it is it is um, it's complicated and it's confusing, but I think that's the way that politics in the world and the and the human system always is. <clears throat> like you've already outlaid, Matt, there is spiritual forces going on here in this in this Babylonian, you know, worldly empire. Yeah, there are demonic, you know, there's demonic forces at play. There's the Antichrist at play. There is this, you know, the rulers of the world. There are rulers of the world who are in cahoots who go against her. There are rulers of the world who are mourning her. Like mm. it's not one cohesive whole at this point. The mm. world is fractured politically, yeah. you know, kingdom-wise. There's all these different nations who are, you know, you know, as they see the smoke rise, we get the yeah. seafarers, we yeah. get the ship captains mourning yeah. from their ships going, what is going on? Yeah. You know, it's just this amazing, you know, destruction of all the final worldly ways That's of right. the system. Yeah is finally gone and there's so That's many right. different And you get another three. We've had three, you know, of all the threes, yes. we get this threefold woe yeah. over Babylon, you know, and, and we see the, you know, the, the merchants and the, you know, the shipping people, the yep. people involved in, it's like the earth is mourning yeah. over the destruction of everything that they put so much effort, everything that they valued yes. is now seen to be worth nothing. Mm. It's all mm. come to nothing. Oh boy, oh boy. So we finish off, unless you've got something else to say about chapter 18 here, we're sort of flying over it very quickly. Uh, you know, we, we have here the final, the final uh, statement here. You know, heaven is rejoicing over her fate. Yeah. The holy people of God are, are rejoicing over, over the fate. Every, and again, there's so many quotations here from Ezekiel. This is rife with Ezekiel's yeah. prophecies, you know, all the way yeah, through it. Absolutely. And and in the end, we get the reason why. In in her streets, the blood of the prophets was spilled. She was the one who slaughtered God's people all over the world. That's right. Yeah. And this is the result of what yeah. happens from there. Yeah, that's right. And it's all, you know, it's all come to this. And, you know, we move 
into chapter 19 and I almost want to just keep going <laughs> because chapter 19 is, you know, pretty much right to the end. 19 to 22 are, yeah. are, are amazing. Oh. But let's make sure we catch the message of what we've heard so far and, and we'll finish with this today. You yeah. know, it's easy in our time to get comfortable. You know, I think there there are forces behind this world system that just want us to blend in, get comfortable, take the opiates, all the opiates that the world offers us uh, and, and opiates that would dull our spiritual senses, that would distract us, that would lead us away from God in very subtle ways. But we need to hold on to our faith. We need to do whatever it takes to keep following you know, keep contending for our faith, keep serving God. And though it costs us everything that we have, in the end, it will be worth it because there is nothing at all, nothing in life more important than holding on to our faith at this at this stage. And whatever the temptations, whatever we have to go through, it's absolutely worth it. Hold on to Jesus. Well, there you have it. Didn't think we could do it. Fly through five chapters of the book of Revelation. Holy moly. feel like we've just run a marathon. Now, listen, next episode is our 100th episode. We're doing it live with you. We want you to be a part of it. Please keep attention to our social media. Head over to thrivetoday.tv to send your questions to us. We really want your questions, and I cannot wait to get this. Is it the final four chapters are so exciting when it comes to the end of the end of this? I cannot wait to get into uh, into ninety. As dark as it's all been, it's going to get really light here at the end. So please take part of it with us as we go into the next couple of chapters here and we'll see you next week for our live one at thrive deeper thanks for listening thanks for listening to this episode of thrive deeper matthew and dj really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the bible as you go through it with thrive our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production. <laughs> <laughs>